Hello everybody, welcome to our first episode of Good Morning Bio 221, here with your hosts Myra, Halil, and Gabrielle. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the disease hemophilia and the potential treatments for it, specifically the gene therapy CRISPR-Cas9. So to begin, I will give you guys a brief overview of hemophilia. Hemophilia is an interesting disease, and I would like to first define it before discussing it further with Gabriel Halil and of course with you guys. Hemophilia is an inherited bleeding X-linked disorder in which the blood does not clot. Hemophilia is caused by a mutation in a gene located on the X chromosome. This gene normally contains the instructions to make the clotting factor protein. Now you may be wondering, why is it that the blood of individuals with hemophilia not able to clot and stop bleeding just like it does for people without hemophilia? Well, thinking about it, blood contains many proteins called clotting factors that help to stop any bleeding. And individuals with hemophilia have low levels of either factor 8 or factor 9. So these are the essential blood clotting proteins. And as a result, individuals with hemophilia may experience spontaneous bleeding and bleeding following injuries or surgery. Oh, wow. So how severe is hemophilia for individuals who have it? The severity of this condition is based off the amount of protein in their blood. So this means that the lower the factor, the harder it is to stop the bleeding. What difference is there between factor eight and factor nine? So, as Myra stated before, hemophilia is caused by a mutation in the genes F8 and F9. These genes are found close together on the X chromosome. F8 gene mutation causes hemophilia A and F9 gene mutation causes hemophilia B. These mutations cause a reduction of the production and function of factor VIII proteins in hemophilia A or factor IX proteins in hemophilia B. How is hemophilia inherited? To explain how this occurs, um, let's first remind our audience that males have one X chromosome and one Y chromosome resulting in XY sex chromosomes. Males inherit the X chromosome from their mother and the Y chromosome from their father. So in contrast, females have two X chromosomes. They inherit one X chromosome from each parent. And since females have two X chromosomes, one kind of X has a backup, which results in carrying of the gene without having the actual hemophilia. Women can still have hemophilia, but it's very rare. So for a female to have hemophilia, they would need two copies of the mutated gene. On the other hand, males don't have a backup X chromosome. So for males, just having one X chromosome with the mutated gene is enough to cause hemophilia. So, let's imagine a scenario in which the father does not have hemophilia, but the mother is a carrier of hemophilia. So that means one of her X chromosomes has a mutation in factor 8 or factor 9. Their children will have a 50% chance of inheriting hemophilia if they are male, and 50% chance of being carriers if they are females. So, I've heard that hemophilia is referred to as the royal disease. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, so in the 1800s, hemophilia was sometimes referred to as the royal disease because there were several members of royal families in Europe affected by hemophilia. In fact, Queen Victoria of England was a hemophilia B carrier. 
Two of her daughters were also carriers of hemophilia B, and they transmitted the disease on to Spanish, German, and Russian royal families. One of Queen Victoria's sons had actual hemophilia B and died of a brain hemorrhage when he was only 31 years old. So this goes to show that hemophilia is a severe hereditary disorder. Mm, thank you for providing that glimpse of history. It was very interesting. But now I'm wondering, do you know how prevalent hemophilia is? According to the CDC, hemophilia occurs in about 1 in 5,000 male births. And it also, it's also estimated that around 20,000 to 30,000 males have hemophilia just in the U.S. Hemophilia A is the most common one, and it is about four times more common than hemophilia B. Well, now that we stated how hemophilia is caused, what are the symptoms caused by hemophilia? Well, since hemophilia is a clotting disorder, the symptoms are related to bleeding. Many affected people experience bleeding into joints or skin, bleeding after vaccinations, bleeding of the mouth or gums, as well as blood in urine or stool. How does hemophilia present in infants? Do you know, Gabrielle? Well, infants with a family history of hemophilia are often tested at birth. Symptoms may already be present, however. It's common um, for male babies with hemophilia to bleed during circumcision, and a difficult delivery might cause cranial bleeding. Wow, so... What is the standard treatment for hemophilia? Standard treatment of hemophilia is to provide the clotting factors that are not being made. These are provided in the form of factor concentrates. Traditionally, hemophiliacs were administered factor concentrates delivered from, derived from donated human plasma. But since 1992, genetically engineered recombinant factor concentrates have been available. Since there are two main types of hemophilia, patients administer the factor that they lack. These concentrates are administered prophylactically, or preventively, one to three times per week. Well, unfortunately, administering factor concentrates is not a permanent cure for hemophilia and can be expensive. So, is that the only treatment for hemophilia out right now, or are there other treatments? Well, that's a good question. There's actually new research being done looking at gene therapy CRISPR-Cas9, which stands for Cluster Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeat Associated 9 Nuclease. Um, it is a robust gene editing mechanism derived from a bacterial adaptive immune defense system. It can be efficiently programmed to modify the genome of eukaryotic cells by using an RNA-guided DNA cleavage module. This new technology was first applied to mammalian cells as a tool to edit the genome in 2013, but it was first discovered in 1987 in E. coli. It rapidly expanded its use in gene expression editing like genomic sequence correction and alternation to epigenetic modifications. So why focus on CRISPR-Cas9 specifically? Well, CRISPR-Cas9 has become a potential alternative to zinc finger nucleases, also known as ZFNs, and transcription activator-like effector nucleases, also known as TALONs, for targeted genetic modifications. TALONs are limited to simple mutations, and ZFNs are composed of proteins instead of nucleic acids, so making complex alternations alterations is easier with CRISPR because its RNA molecules are less bulky. 
how do we use CRISPR-Cas9 for genetic modifications though? So CRISPR-Cas9 induces double-strand breaks at targeted sites. There are three main strategies to CRISPR-Cas9. The first type is known as plasmid-based CRISPR-Cas9 strategy, which is plasmid used in, in, to encode Cas9 protein and single-guide RNA, also known as sgRNA, assembles Cas9 gene as well as sgRNA into the same plasmid in vitro. This is longer lasting in expression of Cas9 and sgRNA, and it prevents multiple transfections. In other words, it prevents the introduction of nu nucleic acids into the cells utilizing means other than viral infection. However, the encoded plasmid needs to be introduced inside the nucleus of target cells. The second type is direct intracellular delivery of Cas9, mRNA, and sgRNA. The one downside of this type is it has poor stability of mRNA, which results in transient expression of mRNA and short duration of gene modification. The third type is direct delivery Cas9 protein and sgRNA, which has several advantages that include rapid action, great stability, and limited antigenicity. So we know that hemophilia is an X-linked disorder. But what specific mutation causes it? Well, Myra, that's an interesting question. The answer is that there are several different mutations that cause it, more than just one that causes hemophilia A and another that causes hemophilia B. Two years ago, researchers in France analyzed the DNA of patients with mild forms of hemophilia A, as well as female carriers of the disease who are related to them, in order to determine a genetic origin. They uncovered a variant with estimated 6.1% prevalence in France, a deletion in the poly-T tail of a short DNA stretch known as antisense AOUI element on intron 13 of the F8 gene. A small insertion is, is sufficient to cause exonization, the acquisition of new exons from intronic sequences of AOUI. This means that while the hemophiliacs tested also had wild-type F8 transcripts, meaning that they produced some F8, which explains their mild phenotypes, the insertion of the F8 gene by a pseudoexon was enough to cause clinically significant symptoms. So wait, um, if I'm understanding correctly, it's an insertion and a deletion? Well, yes. The mRNA had additional intronic, that is, non-coding sequences, called AOUI elements, added to the exon. The process of acquiring new exons from intronic sequences is known as exonization. The researchers believe that a small deletion in the intronic sequence led to an out-of-frame mutation, the exonization, that then led to a truncated protein. The intronic sequences were removed, a deletion, and added to the exon insertion. Ergo, there was both an insertion and a deletion. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Thank you. So, what would happen if they could repair the mutations? Repairing the mutations that cause hemophilia may have real curative potential. This is in part because only a 1% increase in F8 protein levels in plasma is sufficient to improve the lives of hemophilia A patients, those with deletions in the F8 gene. A team of researchers in South Korea was able to insert the F8 gene into the genome of patient-derived induced pluripotent stem cells, or IPSCs. Because the cells were derived from a specific patient, the results of their research are specific to the deletion and type of hemophilia that the patient has but the researchers believe their methods might be applicable to other hemophilia A patients. The F8 gene was inserted using the EF1-alpha promoter to induce transcription of the F8 RNA. After gene targeting, the F8 gene was correctly inserted into IPSC lines at a high frequency, 
81.81%, and cell lines retained pluripotency after knock-in and neomycin resistance cassette removal. The researchers were also able to confirm that endothelial cells, those that line the blood vessels, differentiated from the iPSC lines were capable of producing functional F8 protein. This paper's results are huge because of that success. They demonstrated that not only is the F8 locus a suitable site for knock-in gene therapy, but that F8 expression can be restored in endothelial cells using that technology. So, Gabrielle, does that mean that they cured hemophilia? So, the answer to that is complicated. Yes, the researchers were able to make cells differentiated from hemophilia A patient cells produce the F8 protein, but they have not demonstrated this in vivo, that is, in an organism instead of in vitro in culture. Um, they would need to conduct clinical trials to say for sure that it is possible to cure hemophilia using this method. Well, actually, a method of in vivo gene editing using CRISPR-Cas9 was described in a recent study in 2019. The researchers used CRISPR-Cas9 in combination with non-homologous N-joining, which allowed permanent chromosomal integration of a modified B-domain-deleted factor 8 at the albumin locus in the liver cells. So what was the reasoning behind the deletion of the B-domain? Deletion of the B-domain of recombinant blood coagulation factor 8 actually increases the expression of factor 8, which is an astonishing finding, isn't it? It really is. So researchers tested this approach in mice with hemophilia. The mice received tail vein injections of two different vectors, targeting the albumin intron 13 and B-domain F8. The result of this was increased plasma levels of F8 and restoration of blood clotting proteins for seven full months with no detected toxicity. That sounds really interesting. Why did they target the albumin intron? They targeted the albumin intron to keep the albumin protein and expression undamaged after the insertion of domain BF8. Well, very interesting findings and advances for hemophilia A. There has also been some good findings for hemophilia B. A study published in 2000, 2017, they used CRISPR-Cas9 and AABA vector, which stands for administration of adeno-associated virus 8 vector that contains and transfers staphylococcus areas, Cas9, also known as SA-Cas9 and sgRNA, to wild-type adult mice that have a double-strand break at the target site of F9 corresponding with the hemophilia B factor. They first discovered that chromosomal DNA and hepatocytes could be efficiently modified. They also found that plasma F9 levels increased more effectively by inserting target sequence at the double-strand break using non-homologous end-joining. A single AAVA vector system that express staphylococcus areas Cas9 and single guide RNA can disrupt F9 gene in most hepatocytes in vivo. This was able to reduce the levels of F9 between 2 and 5% after administrating the vector. So coming back to Myra's earlier question on whether this meant um, if hemophilia is cured, as Gabrielle said, it's a complicated answer, but an underlying no, because there are still so many more trials to run and it's and more studies to conduct. But it does show promising results for more trials and new studies that build off of this one. 
Well, as we near the end of our first episode of Good Morning Bio 221, we want to remind you all that together we are the future healthcare providers and researchers. We can soon enough be adding to these new findings and helping these hemophilia patients by making new treatments that hopefully don't consist of so many injections. That's all from your hosts, Gabrielle, Myra, and Helio. See you guys for the next the next episode.